title of the message is The Hesed Connection, and we're going to talk about that. We're in this series, and it's, it's been kind of weird because the series, which is about being resilient in the, I mean, you know, we've got to be able to stretch in these last days. We've got to be able to change in these last years. How many know we got to endure these last years? We got to survive some things. We got to be victor. We need to be resilient. First message was the revenant, and we talked about that. And, and then we've had other messages. But so we're kind of doing the resilience thing right alongside the launching of the departments because really one of the best ways, don't be they resilient, is to stay involved, stay connected. Don't be that gazelle that's away from the the herd that the wolves are looking to take. So stay in church every Sunday. Amen. So like a rubber band, we got to be able to to come back in these post-COVID, I like to say it like it's post-COVID, pre-rapture days. How many believe it could be close? And I want you to understand, I've said this before, that the price tag for COVID has not yet been paid. And people are paying it and paying it and paying it. I think I told you last week that counselors, every counselor is booked solid. It's hard to even get a counselor. Uh, It's just in our children's education, so many different things we could talk about. I don't have time for that. But I want to talk about being resilient and this Hebrew word, hesed. And this word has just captivated me uh, probably about a year before covid I was studying this word, and I said, one of these days, i got to preach on this word, and the Lord just never opened that door until just now. And I'm going to explain what that word is and what it means, and it's it's a powerful, powerful word. It's translated loving kindness. Let's look at the Greek side of this word in the New Testament, Romans chapter 2 and verse 3 and 4. And it says, And do you think, O man, you who judge those practicing such things, and by such things, I mean all of, pretty much all of Romans chapter 1 is a list of things that are going really south in society 2,000 years ago. If if you want to know what Paul thinks about the gay agenda, read Romans 1. If you want to know what, what Paul thinks about about the world and, and the state of the world, read that and, read, and then get into chapter 2. And after he goes through all this stuff, and remember he's writing a letter to the Romans, not Jews. He's writing to the Romans. He, he could have been writing to us, and he is. It, it's, it's very much what's going on today. So he says, listen, you people who judge, people who practice such things, and you're doing the same, goodness escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness? Say goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, not knowing, not realizing, not understanding that the, one of my favorite verses, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. The goodness. I know some of you got scared into salvation. Some of you got guilted into it. Some of you were shamed into it. Some of you got browbeat. <laughs> Come on now. And, and it wasn't about the goodness of God. It was, it was the fear of hell. And some preacher got up there, and his coattails were on fire, and he's hacking and, 
and carrying on and talking about hell and how hot hell is. You're like, oh, my God, fire and brim. Come, come, come preach with me. Come on. Hell, fire. And you ran to the altar. Come on. You ran to the altar. No one had to invite you. I'm not going to hell. And then the fear of God, ah, the fear of hell, really. And you ran to the altar, and you got saved. But the problem is to keep you saved. We have to keep you fearful. That's why the old-timers preached the way they preached. Every Sunday it was hellfire brimstone. They would preach those clothesline sermons. I mean, they had you. I don't care who you are. They had you. There was a long list of don'ts, long list of places you couldn't go. And they'd preach on that every Sunday. They made sure you understood what was wrong, that you understood what was bad. You understood what would send you to hell. But I don't see that anywhere in scriptures. I don't see Jesus trying to scare anybody. All I see is him healing folk. All I see is him blessing people. All I see, he said, if you see me, you see the Father. I didn't come to judge. I came to set people free. Now, I'm not saying we don't preach standards, and I'm not saying we don't ever mention that stuff. I'm just saying it's the goodness of God. And once we understand how good he is, if we could change the narrative in pulpits today and start talking about the goodness of God and how good he is, I think that will keep people and make happier. Come on. Hey, let's go back to the old days. And how many saints had those horse faces? I'm a Christian. They were not happy. You were not motivated to become one. They had to put the fear of God in you, right? Aren't you, aren't you glad you're in a happy church? And we're not happy because we're sinning. What it means, God, that leads to repentance, and we need to take just one minute and look at that word repentance, what it means in the Greek, it's metaneia, and, and that means to change one's mind. That's what repentance is, to change one's mind, to change one's direction to change the way you think about something. It's the goodness of God that changes people's minds about God. And we're out there in the media, and we're fussing at the gays, and we're fussing at the abortionists, and we're, we're, we're sending everyone to hell, and that is not leading to repentance. It's leading to them writing us off as nuts. Yeah, but what about, don't worry about what about, just be good. Don't worry about what people are doing, just love them. When, G, when, Jesus, when Jesus, when they brought that woman, that, that adulterous woman, you remember reading that? We caught her in the very act. You know, I wonder, how did, how did they do that? You know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if they didn't set her up. You know, they didn't say anything about the guy. But they were going to stone her. They set her up to, to test Jesus. And they throw her at his feet. And we caught her in the very act. And we know what Moses' law says. And Jesus didn't say a word. He just starts writing in the dirt. We don't know what he wrote. Some people think he was writing the sins of the Pharisees with little arrows. You know, That's you. That's you. 
you did that. I don't know what he wrote, but the Bible says one by one they dropped, they dropped the rocks and walked away until there was nobody left but her and Jesus. And Jesus says, I forgive you. Go and sin no more. He never condoned what she, what she did, but he never condemned her either. Don't condone, but don't condemn. It's not an either or, it's neither. I said it's not an either or, it's neither. We don't condemn and we don't condone. And sometimes people get into that and say, well, uh, you know, I'm not their judge, so let them do what they want to do. No, no, no we, we don't condone it. I mean, if asked, we, we, we make a stand. We tell people what we believe, but we do it in love. We don't condemn. Well, if you remember those two C's, you'll be all right. Don't condemn and don't condone. And that's the, that's the line. That's the line that, 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 you, that you walk. Have you got me? So that, that, that Greek word in Romans, did I finish that? Long time? No, not. That the goodness of God leads you to repentance. That word there means um, uh, where am I? <laughs> Greek word, usefulness, excellence, gentleness, kindness, that word goodness. It's the, it's the usefulness, excellence, gentleness, and kindness of God. It leads to that. How many know where the eyes and ears and hands and feet of God and we need to be that goodness sometimes. Can I get an amen? The root word there for goodness means to stoop. We have a God who stoops. He doesn't just sit there in the throne room and, you know, I'm the king. No, he, he, comes, he comes off the throne and stoops. Sending Jesus was God stooping to us. Listen, a superior doesn't bow to an inferior, but God stoops so he can reach us. He stoops so he can touch us. He stoops so he can talk to us. Ah, hallelujah. He stoops so he can protect us and embrace us and love. Ah, praise the Lord. Is God good or not? Men, I need, you to, I, I need you men to do more amens, or we're missing some women this morning. Thank you. I want to hear some deep-throated amens. Glory to God. So, listen, our hugs, our, remember the sermon series we preached on blessing? Boy, I hope you're still extra. I had to just preach that again. Are you, are you blessing people? Our prayers, our hospitality? It leads to people changing their mind about God. But the Hebrew word hesed is even richer. In the Hebrew, it means kindness, beauty, a good deed, merciful. In fact, it's hard to find an English word that translates it. There's nothing in English that directs So sometimes it's translated the mercy of God. Sometimes the goodness of God. But the best translation, the one used most often, it's actually two words, loving kindness. 
his loving kindness. Like in Psalm 63 and verse 3, because your is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Psalms 103 and verse 2. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, yes, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I'm claiming it in Jesus' name. Come on, anyone else claiming it in Jesus' name? Youth is renewed. Psalms 42 and verse 8 says, The Lord will command. Wow, really? The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. You've got to get this, because when the king of all the universe commands something, there's not a devil in hell that can do anything about it. When God says, I'm, I'm giving them loving kindness, there's not a devil in hell that can stop that. He can attack, but he can't win. He can form a weapon, but it will not prosper. He can come against you, but it will not hold. Hallelujah. His loving kindness is a command to those who love him. Give him praise. Amen. Wow, wow, wow. Reminds me of Psalms 133, one of the key scriptures of our church. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down upon the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down to the edge of his garments. Uh-huh. It is like the dew of Hermon, that, that mountain way to the north, descending upon the mountains of Zion way to the south. The Jordan goes north to south. And there, say there, there the Lord commanded the blessing. There is a place where he commands loving kindness and he commands blessings. Wow. But you got to get in the river. You got to be in that river. You, there has to be that that movement, but there. But you go back to verse one, and it says, "How good, how beautiful it is, how precious." Really, the Hebrew word, how rare. You know why gold is precious? Because it's rare. I don't know if you watch. I, I love to watch the gold mining shows. I mean, if there's one on, I'm watching it. And they they'll go through truckloads. I mean. I don't know how many tons of dirt to get. I mean, if they got this much gold, they were rich. This much gold out of enough dirt to fill this room. But they'll go through every scrap of dirt to get little pieces. They'll look at a pan, and there's a couple little sparkles, and they go, ah! We're rich! I'm like, That won't even make a nose ring. I mean, come on. <laughs> but when gold's $2,000 an ounce, mm-hmm. gold is expensive. It is precious because it is rare. Unity is rare. But when we see it, when God sees it, he blesses it. When God sees unity, he comes down and sits in it. 
When God sees all of God's people praising him, he sits in the praises of his people because it's rare, because it's precious. It's amazing. Amen. God will anoint a church that is in unity and withdraws his presence from churches that only want to fight amongst themselves. Aren't you glad you're in a church where there's unity? It's a peaceful church. Oh, a few of you are nuts, but it's a peaceful. I'm sorry. How can I help you? Okay. Jesus. Are you okay? It's a great church. It's a great church. It's a great, because we got a great God. So the more we walk in agreement, the more corporate anointing. Do you all know what corporate anointing is? The more we walk in unity as a church and come together as a church, I think we're struggling today because 50 of our women are missing. It makes it, it changes the dynamic, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking it is. I'm preaching hard. <laughs> Trying to get men to say amen as well. Thank you. I'm going to put a mic stand over here. Ben, at least you ought to be happy today. Go Guardians! Half the church didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> what a game. Anyway, 15 boring endings, innings, but that last blast was some... Anyway, where was I? Hallelujah. Corporate anointing and angels, the angels are really our guardians. Okay, I see I brought it, brought it all together. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees. This is, how many would like to hear Paul pray? Here it is. This is Paul's prayer. He wrote it down. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. By the way, that will preach a whole series right there. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, which is a lot. That bank is full. To be strengthened with might, wow, through his spirit. In the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. Wow. Of God's love, to know the love of Christ, which passes not. He said, I want you to know something you can't know. <laughs> which passes knowledge that you may be filled with fullness. <laughs> filled with all the fullness of God. I think there's a little more. Now, to him who is able to do ex exceed, I, I think Paul was, how do I write this? <laughs> Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or even think according to the power that works in us. 
according to his power, right, that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and amen. Wow. I think the best way to explain this verse is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not, send, did not send his son into the world to condemn. This is important. We never see this part on those signs at the baseball stadiums. He didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through Jesus might be. He didn't come to condemn. Oh, that means we're all going to heaven? No, no, no. Watch this. He who believes in him, we never read the rest of these. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not, he didn't say he who commits certain sins, he who doesn't believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The other day I heard someone say there's a difference between being stupid and being ignorant. Look up the definition of ignorance. Ignorance is intentional, intentionally believing what you want to believe. That's wrong. And the world is ignorant of Jesus. They have chosen not to believe. Whew. Having become wise, they became ushers coming foolish, ignorant. Usher's coming back for that one. That's just extra. <laughs> Why? Forever practice evil hates the light, does not come to the uh, and and does not come to the light, but lest his deeds should be exposed. Ah, now we know why they don't want to come to church. Isn't it weird that demons get exposed in the greatest altars services and the greatest worship service? You'd think they'd lay low. If I, was in, if I was a devil in one of our services, I'd be like, I'm laying low. I don't want anyone to know I'm here. No, no, that's, that's because it's just something about it. They just have to do it. They're so stupid. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Oh, this is good stuff. Is that the last verse? Isn't that good stuff? We, we, we've, got, we've got to get to this point. Whew. Where we come to the light and understanding what our salvation is about. And, you know, it's not because you're all that. It's because he saved you. It was his goodness. It was his loving kindness. Oh, my God. Oh. I heard uh, 
Who was it? I think it was, I think it was D- Damon. Uh, what's his name? Thompson? I think he said, I, he says, I think the wrath of God is God's passionate love. That he so loves us that he pursues wickedness in our lives. He tries to put that darkness out. He doesn't hate you. He hates that sin. But it's his love. It's not because he's sitting there in heaven saying, oh, get that one. That one, I'm sending that one to hell. He doesn't want anyone going to hell. It's the love of God that motivated him to send Jesus. It was his loving kindness. Amen. He's not angry. He's never angry at you. He doesn't condone what you do, but he's not condemning you. And he's telling you the love of God will forgive you. And don't ever let the devil lie to you and say, what I've done is unforgivable. It is forgivable. Oh, the love of God. Let me, let me close with this. It's a short message. It's a simple message. But how many times, how many know we've got to be reminded? And, and we, we, not only for our own sake, but when we, when we realize how good God is, does that not motivate us to be good? To others? Come on, church. It might even save grumpy old men. You never know. It should change us. Repentance. His goodness should change our mind about people, about God. Stop being so judgmental and ugly and bad towards people and write them off. Put people in boxes that you won't ever let out. It's time that we be his hands and his feet, and it's time that his loving kindness shine through us on Sunday morning, on Monday morning. Let me close with this. There was a, back after the Chinese took over China, after, after World War II, communists took over and they began to arrest Christians. And they arrested this bishop, and they put him in the prison. And just, just to make things worse, they built, they built the, the gallows outside his window so he had to look out <laughs> and watch them build what would hang him. So day after day, he watched them build his gallows. And he began to concentrate and focus on that scripture I read in Ephesians. Let's go back to that, the verse that says that we'll be able to comprehend how wide and long and right the breadth of his love. And he was reading that, and he said, God, what, what do you mean? And he'd look at the scripture, and he'd look at the gallows. Don't, isn't that what we do? We look at our problem, and we look at the scriptures. We look at our problem, and we look at the scriptures. And sometimes we're more focused on our problems than we are the God who loves us. Come on. And as, they, as, they read, as he read that verse over and over and prayed over it, he looked out the window, and he looked at the gallows again, and all of a sudden, 
You know what I mean about your eyes shifting focus? And instead of focusing on the, on the gallows, his eyes drew back and he focused on the bars in the window. And he noticed a cross. And all of a sudden, he, he, it hit him. I now know the length, the width, the breadth, the height. It's the cross. Comprehend. Paul said, all that you would comprehend his love. Comprehend it in the cross. It's a bloody thing, but it's real. (laughs) What's the breadth of the cross? His arms stretched as far as they can go. He'll embrace the whole world. The length of the cross. We see the length of the cross in its shadow. And we're living under the shadow of the cross even today. It covers us. The length of the cross. Uh, The Bible says he was slain before the foundation of the earth. These preachers out there, it's so comical. They'll get to preaching trying to be dramatic. Who are we going to send? <laughs> Who's worthy? They're looking at all the angels. The angels are going, I don't know, putting their wings up. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> listen, God was never, God always knew he'd have to send somebody. God always knew it would be Jesus. He was slain before the foundation of the earth. Before he even made man, he made a plan. Glory to God. Oh, come on, you're not getting it. I said before he made you, there was a plan to save you. Hallelujah. He knew, he knew, he knew. He said, why did he make us? He didn't want to make us robots. He has to make us with the ability to make a choice. And he knew some people would make the wrong choice. So he made a plan. So that whosoever will, oh God. It's an eternal shadow. The depth of the cross. How deep that cross was. Listen, if you look, if you see the movies, you know those nails. And they had pound and pound and pound and pound. The cross held every nail. The cross held him tight. Oh, the width of his cross, of his love for us. How wide it is. My God, he's, he, he's there for us no matter what. He's eternally linked, nailed to you if we'll just come up and be nailed ourselves. The height, the height of the cross takes us all the way from hell. Where did he go after he died? He went as low as he can go. And then he started coming up. Why did he do that? Because he didn't want to miss anybody. And he wanted those devils to know they're beaten. He had to go low to get the keys. He went as low. Listen, he went, he went so low that he got me on the way up. Oh, come on. Some of you are even lower than me. He went so low, he got you on the way up. 
Oh, God can't forgive me. He's been lower than that. Paul retained the way to the bottom of the pit and came back in power and authority and glory. Came back for you. Give him glory.